1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
2: Welcome back, everyone, to 1001 Radio Days. All variety, all the time. This is your host, John Hagedorn. Today, two episodes of Father Knows Best, starring Robert Young. This show started on radio in 1949 and made the transition to television in the mid-50s and did very successfully in both and was one of the most well-loved family shows on radio and TV. Enjoy!
3: Mother, is Maxwell House really the only coffee in the world? Well, your father
4: says so, and your father knows best.
0: Yes, it's Father Knows Best, transcribed in Hollywood, starring Robert Young as father. A half-hour visit with your new neighbors, the Andersons, brought to you by Maxwell House, the coffee that's bought and enjoyed by more people than any other brand of coffee at any price. Maxwell House, always good to the last drop. It was Samuel Johnson who said, and with good reason, I'm sure, every man naturally persuades himself that he can keep his resolutions. Nor is he convinced of his imbecility, but by length of time and frequency of experiment. Well, in Springfield, in the white frame house on Maple Street, just such an experiment is about to begin, like this.
5: Good morning,
2: Margaret.
4: Good morning, dear. Breakfast will be ready in just a moment.
5: That's all right, dear. No hurry. Kids aren't done yet, are they?
4: Well, no, but... Well, it is a holiday, Jim, and I just thought Oh,
5: that... it's all right with me, Margaret. After all, this is the last day of the year, and it's Saturday, and... Well, they deserve a little extra rest, don't they?
4: Well, yes, dear.
5: Anyway, it gives me a chance to tell you about something. I've, uh... I've had it on my mind for quite a while, and, well, it's about time I did something about it. Yes, dear. From now on, I'm not going to lose my temper. At any time. What do you think of that?
4: Well, I, I think it's wonderful, but... During
5: 1950, I'm going to be the soul of patience, At home, at the office, everywhere. Patient old Jim, that's what they're going to call me. Jim? Yes, Margaret?
4: You remember my grandmother Williams, not one of my real grandmothers. She was the one who took care of my mother when she was living in Middletown after the lumber company sent my father to Oregon and my sister Kathleen was born.
6: No. <laughs>
7: what?
5: I don't remember her
4: Oh, well, she used to have a wonderful saying for people who wanted to control their tempers
5: Margaret, I don't need any special formula, I just won't lose my temper, that's all
4: I know, dear, but Grandmother Williams used to say If you think your temper's going, just recite the Hottentot And before you're halfway finished, why, it's back as like as not
5: Well, that's very pretty, but I'd rather do it my way I just won't lose my temper.
4: Well, Jim, if you were really sincere, you'd at least let me tell you what the Hottentot is.
5: I don't care what the Hottentot is. I don't need the Hottentot. Why do you immediately leap to the conclusion that I need help in controlling my temper? I just won't lose it, that's all.
4: You've already lost it. Now,
5: look, Margaret, I... Uh... All right, what's the Hottentot?
4: Well, it's just an old saying we had when I was a girl. If to hoot and to toot a hot and tot tot be taught by a hot and tot tutor, ought the tutor get hot if the hot and tot tot hoot and toot at the hot and tot tutor? That's all there is to it.
5: I'd rather lose my temper. Jim. Well, I'm not going to walk around babbling like a six year old idiot in search of a brain. To hoot and to toot. The silliest darn thing i have ever heard Doesn't even make sense
4: Yes, it does, dear You see, it says that if a hot-and-tot tutor Teaches a hot and tot tot to hoot and toot Well, the tutor has no one but himself to blame If the hot-and-tot-tot tot hoots and toots at him
5: <laughs> Fine, I'll tell him when he comes in
4: Jim, it's just supposed to divert your attention for a moment that's all, then you won't lose your temper
5: Margaret, I'm not going to Uh, May I please have the morning paper?
4: The paper? Oh, well, Betty came down to look at it first thing this morning. It's in the breakfast note.
5: Thank you. Oh, no. Was
4: there something wrong, dear?
5: Margaret, look what she did to this paper. How in the world do they expect a man to read anything as messed up as this? Why is it that whenever I want to see anything around here... Jim? Somebody always... Somebody always... (laughs) I will not lose my temper. I shall control my temper if it
8: kills me.
4: Good morning, Mother. Oh, good morning, Betty.
8: Morning, Father. I said good morning, Father. Father. Betty,
4: I wouldn't bother your father this morning.
8: But I didn't do anything. Oh, he found out I drove the car on a flat tire. You what? <laughs>
4: <laughs> Betty, please. Margaret. Yes, dear?
5: To hoot and toot what? What?
4: I'll write it down for you, dear. If to hoot and to toot, hoot and toot, a hot and tot, tot be taught by a hot and tot tutor, ought the tutor get hot if the hot and tot tot hoot and toot at the hot and tot tutor?
5: Thank you.
8: <laughs>
5: Good morning, Betty.
8: <laughs> Good morning, Father.
5: And how are you this beautiful morning?
8: Well, I'm fine, thank you. Are you all right?
5: <laughs> Just fine. Coffee about ready, Margaret?
4: Well, yes, dear. Here you are.
5: Thank you. Well, Betty, are you and Billy Smith planning on a big time tonight?
8: Oh, yes, Father. Mr. Smith's going to let Billy have their brand new car, and we're going to a barn dance. In a barn.
7: <laughs>
5: well. What'll they think of next? (laughs) Say, Margaret.
4: Yes, dear? Heck
5: and Elizabeth are going to the party at the Hathaways, too, aren't they?
4: Well, I think so.
5: Well, if Heck's letting Billy take their new car, they won't have any transportation. We'd better arrange to pick them up.
4: All right, dear. Will you call Elizabeth? (laughs) Yes, dear.
5: Fine. Good
3: morning, Mommy. Good morning, Daddy.
5: Kathy, that wasn't you, was it?
3: (laughs) What
9: wasn't me, Daddy? morning, everybody. How's every little old thing?
5: Oh, thank goodness. I thought for a minute we were going to have two elephants in the house.
9: What's the matter, Dad?
5: Nothing, only I wish you'd learn to walk down the stairs.
9: You bet. Hey, Mom, I'm starving. Poor little thing. Well, I haven't eaten since last night. (laughs) Say, Dad, speaking of money... Who said anything about money? (laughs) Nobody, but I'm going to. I see.
4: One stack of wheat's coming up.
9: Thank you, ma'am. Kathy, may I have a syrup, please?
4: Yes, Caddy.
5: Thank you.
3: You're welcome.
5: Hmm. Christmas is over, too.
9: <laughs> what were you saying, bud? Well, the way I figure it, a dollar a week is all right when you're 15, but... You see, I'll be 16 in another five or six months, and... Well, you see, when you're 15, you don't have to worry about girls much, but when you get to be 15 and a half, well... Let's say you go to the movies and you meet a girl. I mean, even if she buys her own ticket... You know what they charge for ice cream sodas? (laughs) Gosh. Even if you only get a root beer or something, or... No, huh?
3: (laughs)
7: No.
9: I didn't mean a lot, Dad. I just thought another fifty cents? Quarter, maybe. But don't you realize that if I gave you a larger
5: allowance, you would never be sure if a girl liked you for your money or yourself.
9: (laughs) Oh gosh, who'd care?
5: Bud, eat your breakfast and behave yourself.
9: I don't have any breakfast to eat.
4: I'll have your pancakes in just a minute.
9: Holy cow. Everybody else gets more than a dollar, and they don't even do half the things I do. Bud, I've had just about all the complaining. I'm going to stand. If I hear one more word out
5: of you, so help me... Jim. If to hoot and to toot a hot and hot... All right. Bud, eat
9: your breakfast. Holy cow, what was that?
5: Never mind what it was, eat your breakfast and be quiet Holy cow But I don't know what they teach you in your school But for a 15-year-old boy, you have the most bovine vocabulary I've ever heard What does that mean? It means, stop saying holy cow Gee whiz
4: (laughs) bud
9: nice hot pancakes oh thanks mom bud yes dan did you
5: put ashes on the driveway last night yes dan and the front walk yes dan good as soon as you've had your breakfast please see if you can find my tire chains. it's going to be slippery driving tonight okay dan
4: some more pancakes dear
5: i'm afraid not margaret i've got to get down to the office
4: oh it seems such a shame jim everybody else in town is taking a full weekend
5: margaret you certainly don't think i like the idea But when Mr. Gribble says he wants to straighten out his insurance, well, we just straighten out his insurance, that's all.
4: But couldn't it wait until Tuesday?
5: Oh, no, that's next year. Mr. Gribble says it's got to be examined this year. Daddy? No.
3: (laughs) Gee whiz. You'd think I was a stepchild or something.
5: Well, I ought to be through by one anyway, so it won't be too bad. If I get through earlier, I'll come home for lunch. How's that?
4: Oh, that'll be fine, dear. Oh, Jim, you forgot the paper.
5: Paper? Paper? Oh, that thing with the hut and time. Okay, let me have it.
4: There you are, dear.
5: Thank you. Be a good girl. I will. So long, kids.
4: Goodbye, Goodbye,
5: Bye, Bye, dear. I'll call you by noon. I'll have my lunch downtown.
3: All right, dear. Drink your milk, Kathy. All I ever do is drink milk. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to my other rubber? I don't know, dear. Did you look in the closet? Oh, never mind. I've got it. Goodbye. Goodbye,
9: Goodbye. Bye. Daddy.
4: Bud, I wish you'd learn not to annoy your father at breakfast.
9: I didn't do anything. All I said was ah!
8: Oh dear. Now what? Oh, it sounded like he fell down. Oh.
9: How could he fall down? I put ashes on the sidewalk. Oh, oh. oh Jim, oh. Jim darling, what oh. happened? Oh, my back. Oh, my poor broken back. Oh. You fell down, huh, dad?
3: <laughs>
7: <laughs>
9: yes, I fell down.
5: Why didn't you put ashes on the steps?
9: You didn't say to put ashes on the steps. <laughs> <laughs> he just said to put them on the sidewalk in the driveway.
5: Margaret, where did I put that paper?
9: I don't know, dear. Never I...
5: mind, I've got it.
9: Gosh, I'm sorry, dear. Just Dad. a moment.
5: If to hoot and to toot a hot and tot tot be taught by a hot and tot tutor, ought the tutor get hot if the hot and tot tot hoot and toot at the hot and tot tutor? Bud? Yes, Dan? Put ashes on the steps.
10: (laughs) Well, nobody can say Father isn't trying. This time of year, good resolutions, they're mighty important to a man. Of course, good coffee, truly good coffee, like our Maxwell House, well, that's important the whole year round. How much it means, that wonderful good to the last drop flavor. No other coffee gives it to you. No coffee but Maxwell House. There's a reason for this, a good one. It's a recipe, the only recipe in the entire coffee world for that famous good to the last drop flavor. After all, what's the most important thing about coffee? Sure, it's flavor. And that flavor depends on the blend, the kind of coffees you choose for it, and how you put them together. Now, in different countries, on different plantations, coffee is grown in countless varieties, and you can combine them in many, many ways. But here's the point. There's only one way, one recipe, for our famous Maxwell House flavor. And this recipe of ours makes the great big difference between just any coffee and wonderfully good coffee that can add something friendly and cheering to every day of the year ahead. So think about it. If good coffee really means something to you, why don't you start enjoying America's favorite brand? Yes, tomorrow and every day. Enjoy Maxwell House coffee. It's always good to the last drop. (laughs)
0: In the white frame house on Maple Street, lunchtime has come and gone. As a matter of fact, so is dinnertime, and Jim Anderson still hasn't returned. The rest of the family is eaten, but father, oh, just a minute, here he comes now.
5: Mr. Gribble, of all the miserable, ill-mannered, inconsiderate, unreliable creatures that has ever been my misfortune to meet...
4: Jim, is that you?
5: I'll be in a minute, Margaret. You, Mr. Gribble, take the first, second, and third prizes. I wouldn't care if you owned a dozen factories. You want to place your insurance with another office, it's perfectly all right with me.
4: Oh, Jim, dear, we've been awfully worried, and... Who are you talking to?
5: Mr. Gribble, that puny excuse for a foghorn.
4: Mr. Gribble, is he here?
5: I don't know where he is. I've been waiting for him all day, and he still hasn't shown up. First it was 10 o'clock, then 1 o'clock, then 3, then 5...
9: What's the matter, Dad? Anything wrong?
5: No, oh, everything's fine, just dandy.
9: We saved your dinner for you, dear.
5: I had a sandwich downtown. The nerve of the guy keeping me in the office a whole day and then doesn't even have the
4: decency... Jim.
5: What is it, Margaret? To hoot
4: and to toot.
5: Oh, hoot and toot my foot. (laughs) Even a hottentot has a right to get mad once in a while.
4: Well, I suppose you know best, dear. Dad. I wouldn't
5: care if it were just an ordinary business day. I I could understand that. Dad. But he knew I was going to the office just to meet him. He knew it was a holiday weekend.
9: Say, Dad. There
5: wasn't another office open in the entire building. Nobody to talk to. Nothing.
9: Dad. What?
5: (laughs) What? What is it? What do you want?
9: Oh, uh, I... Oh, I found the tire chains.
5: Good. They're busted. (laughs) Oh, I don't know. This was such a nice year. Why did it have to end like this? What's wrong with the chains, bud?
9: They're a mess. Kathy really fixed them.
5: All right, Kathy, never mind Margaret Yes, dear? Do you suppose Kathy could have dictaphones planted around the house?
4: (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't think so, dear
5: Then how could she hear us clear out in the
9: kitchen?
3: Daddy, don't you listen to Bud I haven't even seen the tire chain since Thanksgiving
9: Well, that's when you busted them
3: I did not
9: You certainly did I certainly didn't You certainly did
3: I certainly didn't All
5: right, kids, please I can't take any of that tonight I've got a splitting headache And I'd like things to be peaceful and quiet Just for a little while Okay, then
3: I didn't bust (laughs) them All right, Kathy
4: Time for your bath and then get ready for bed
3: You mean now?
4: I mean now
3: Drink your milk Take a bath Go to bed. Boy, am I in a rut. <laughs>
4: Jim, maybe if you took a little nap...
5: You oh, think. it isn't that bad, honey. I'll be all right if we can manage just a little less confusion around here.
8: Father, may I talk to you for a minute, please?
5: Sure, why doesn't everybody talk to me? Let's invite the General Consul of the United Nations in for the weekend.
8: <laughs> Betty, your father has a headache. Well, creepers, all I said was could I talk to him for a minute? What's wrong with that?
5: Not a thing, Betty. What is
3: it?
8: Well, Billy Smith said, his father said, that he could have the car. But if it's going to be slippery out, and the radio said it was going to be the worst New Year's Eve we've had in Springfield in over 20 years, and they wouldn't be surprised if we even had more snow before morning. He (laughs) can't.
5: If a hot and tot toot's a toot and toot, toot.
4: Betty, this is not the time to annoy your father with Billy Smith's problems. But, Mother, if it's going to snow...
5: I'll get it. Betty, let me put it this way. If a blizzard and six other forms of common disaster were to strike Springfield at this particular moment, I still wouldn't care what Billy Smith's father said to Billy Smith.
9: Hello? Oh, hello. Sure, just a minute. Dad? Yes? Mr. Smith.
5: Well, naturally. The way I feel, who else could it possibly be? (laughs) Hello, Heck.
9: Say, Jim,
6: you're going to that shindig at the Hathaways, aren't you?
5: That's right, Heck. Uh,
6: Well, I was just wondering, how'd you like to drive over with us? Uh, Got a new car, you know.
5: Yes, I know, Heck, but Betty said you were going to let Billy have your car.
6: Yeah, well, that's what I wanted to talk to you about, Jim. You see, the way I figure it, After all, Billy is going with Betty and I've got a brand new car and if they get a few scratches on that old heap of yours, it wouldn't make an awful lot of difference. Did you say something, Jim?
5: No, not yet.
6: (laughs) Oh, well, uh, like I was saying, now, if you were to let Billy use your old car... Oot (laughs)
5: Hoot. Then we
6: could go in
5: my new car Toot <laughs> How about it, Jim? The hot and tot toots are toot and tot.
6: <laughs>
5: Hector? Yes? No Never in all my life have I ever heard anything like that
7: What is it,
8: dear? He wants me
5: to lend Billy my car so his car won't get scratched up The nerve of the man
8: Father, you mean you said no?
5: I most emphatically said no Margaret, what's gotten into everybody?
4: I don't know, dear. If that
5: isn't the worst example of... of, I think the whole world is going nuts. And I'm going with them. But. (laughs) Never mind Bud, I'll answer it. Doesn't want his car scratched up. But if they skid mine into a telephone pole, that'd be all right.
11: Jim, my boy, I'm terribly sorry. I wouldn't have had this happen for the world.
5: Oh, uh, well, come on in, Mr. Gribble.
11: Thank you. I got all tied up with my lawyers and... Well, I can only hope you'll forgive me.
5: Oh, sure. i That's the sort of thing that can happen to anybody. Uh, Let me have your coat. Oh, thank you. I'll just drop it here in the chair.
4: Jim, if you're going to change your clothes, you'll Oh, hello, Mr. Gribble.
5: Uh, Mrs.
11: Anderson. Well, all dressed up, I see.
5: Margaret, Mr. Gribble and I are going into the den, but we won't be long.
4: All right, dear. Come along,
5: Mr. Gribble. Uh, Thank you.
4: Uh, There's no hurry. I'm going to help Betty dress.
11: Charming woman, Mrs. Anderson. Absolutely charming. Uh, you're a lucky man, Jim. Yes, indeed, a very lucky man. Thank you. Uh, sit down, Mr. Gibble. Well, Jim, shall we get started? Get what? We got a busy night ahead of us, so let's go to work. Now, oh, wait a minute.
5: You mean you came
11: out here to go through your insurance tonight? Well, naturally, this is the 31st. Tomorrow starts New Year. Got to have my affairs in order by midnight. Why? Why? Good Lord, man. What do you mean, why? Because... Well, because I've always done it that way. That's why. Now, let's have an end to this foolishness and get to work. Or would you rather I place my insurance with another organization?
5: If a hoot and touch a What's that? Mr. Gribble, I made a resolution for the new year. So I want you to notice that I am in complete control of my temper. My hand is steady, my eye is clear, and yet... Very calmly and with absolute composure I say, Mr. Gribble You are an idiot He's gone mad (laughs) You know, I think you're right But this is New Year's Eve I'm going to a party with my wife We're going to have a good time You and your lawyers and your insurance And your big fat factories Can go jump into the nearest lake He has gone mad (laughs) I'm not Jim Anderson I'm a hot and tot tot and I don't give a hoot (laughs) So goodbye, Mr. Gribble Here's your coat, here's your hat. Goodbye, good luck, and I'll see you around the pool room. Well, business is picking up.
6: Hiya, Jim. Oh, you. Oh, come on in, Hack. Well, thanks. Don't mind if I do. Oh, hello, Mr. Gribble.
7: Eh,
6: goodbye, Mr. Gribble. What's the matter with him? Too much money. (laughs) What's your excuse? <laughs> Jim, I. Uh, I came over to apologize. Oh, you did, huh? You know, I waited a long time for that car, Jim, but. Well, heck, I'd rather have an old friend than a new car any day. How about it, Jim? <laughs> sure. Never even happened. Ah, uh, thanks, pal. Oh, could we uh, pick Elizabeth up on the way to the party? Where's your car? Oh, Billy's got it outside, and so help me if he gets one scratch on it. (laughs) You don't suppose he will, do you, (laughs) Jim? Why, of course not. Busy little place you got here, isn't it?
5: Just like living in an alley. (laughs) Anderson, I want to talk to you. All right, let's go back into the den. Will you excuse us, Heck? Oh, sure. Don't
6: worry about me. I'll take Bud outside and show him the new car.
5: All right, Mr. Gribble, what's on your mind? Anderson? Yes? Jim? Yes?
11: Do you really think I'm an idiot?
5: Well, when you put it that way, yes. You know what?
11: What? You're right. But you're the first man in 20 years who had the courage to tell me. Jim, I'm... I'm not really an idiot. I'm just lonesome. You? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Well, where's your family? Uh, Oh, they go south for the winter. Been doing it for 20 years. And, Jim, I don't mind being alone in that big house, but
5: not on New Year's Eve. You mean you've been pulling a gag like this for 20 years? Well, not exactly like this I've never been caught before (laughs) (laughs) Why didn't you say so? You could have spent the evening with us You still can Oh, you're going to a party That's nothing, so are you Well, what do you know?
11: (laughs) And I won't even have to talk about insurance Ye
5: gods, now what? Bud! Bud! Bud, what's going on out there?
9: It's okay, Dad Mr. Smith pushed the horn and it got stuck. <laughs> oh, fine. Jim, is anything wrong?
5: No, dear. Everything's all right. All right. Everything's wonderful.
4: <laughs> Happy
11: New
7: Year! <laughs>
10: this time of year, enthusiasm like Mr. Gribbles is catching. And that's something we're all in favor of. We hope everything's wonderful with you, too. Yes, and during the year ahead, we hope it'll be even more so. For our part, during 1950, we're going to see to it that you enjoy wonderfully good coffee every pound of Maxwell House you open. I know that these days, more than ever before, you're on the lookout for the most in flavor for every penny you spend. And next year, just as every year for more than half a century, that's what you can expect in every pound of our Maxwell House coffee, a generous extra measure of flavor, of freshness and fragrance in every familiar blue tin. And with this promise from Maxwell House, let me extend again our sincerest wishes to you for a very happy and healthy new year. ¶¶
0: Ladies and gentlemen, the star of our show, Mr. Robert Young.
5: Thank you very much. Tonight, for the first time since this program went on the air, I'm stepping out of character to make a personal appeal to our radio audience. During the next year, which is only a few days away, we on Father Knows Best are to be actively associated with the Inter-Industry Highway Safety Committee an organization formed at the personal request of President Truman. The purpose of this committee is to combat the greatest menace our nation has ever known, a menace which each year takes a greater toll of life than even so fearsome a killer as war. I refer, of course, to the careless or perhaps just thoughtless drivers who race with breakneck and foolhardy speed along our open highways and through our city streets. We'll tell you more about it next year, but now we'd like to jump the gun just a little bit. There's a long weekend coming up, and it's been predicted that hundreds of men, women, and children will lose their lives during that three-day period. Think of it. The National Safety Council anticipates that horrible and unnecessary loss of life. And in the past, they've been unfortunately correct. Now, why don't you do your part this weekend to make them wrong? Have a good time. Have a lot of fun. But don't take any chances. Drive carefully, drive thoughtfully, and enjoy the happiest of New Years.
6: If you like good things the easy way, good. Instant Maxwell House, that's for you.
8: Good, good coffee, that's easy, too.
6: No time, no trouble.
8: No grounds, no
6: fuss. And it's
10: good
9: to the very last. You know what?
10: Yes, Instant Maxwell House means great coffee instantly in your cup. Here's real instant coffee, all pure Maxwell House coffee in instant form. Enjoy Instant Maxwell House. Instantly,
9: good to the very last. You know what?
0: Father Knows Best was transcribed in Hollywood and written by Ed James. Join us again next week when we'll be back with Father Knows Best, starring Robert Young as Jim Anderson, with Roy Bargey and the Maxwell House Orchestra, and yours truly, Bill Foreman. So until next Thursday night, for myself and for the makers of Maxwell House Coffee and Instant Maxwell House, let me wish you again a very happy and healthy new year. Now stay tuned in for Screen Guild Theatre, which follows immediately over most of these stations. James Stewart leads the cast on Screen Guild Theatre next on NBC.
4: By transcription.
3: Mother, is Maxwell House the best coffee in the whole world?
4: Well, your father says so, and your father knows best.
0: Yes, it's Father Knows Best, starring Robert Young as father. A half-hour visit with your new neighbors, the Andersons. Brought to you by Maxwell House the coffee that's bought and enjoyed by more people than any other brand of coffee at any price. Maxwell House, always good to the last drop. (laughs) Well, another year is underway. All the excitement of Christmas and New Year's is over. But in the average home, the usual problems of life and living still remain. In Springfield, in the white frame house on Maple Street, the Andersons, like any average family, are back in a well-ordered group. But being an average family, you can bet they won't stay there very long. They never do, do they?
3: Mother. Yes, Kathy. When I finish my dinner, may I go over to Patty Davis's?
4: All right, dear, if you don't stay too long...
3: Mother, how can she? This is her week
4: to dry. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry, Kathy, I forgot.
3: Snitcher.
9: <laughs> Kathy, please be quiet and eat your dinner.
3: All right, Daddy.
9: Mom? Yes, Bud? I'll be glad to dry the dishes to Kathy.
4: You will? Well, that's very nice, dear. But it's Kathy's chore, and she'd better do it herself.
3: Gee wears.
5: Margaret Uh, Yes, dear? You know, it's very funny, but I could have sworn I heard Bud say he'd dry the dishes for Kathy I did You said you'd dry the dishes for Kathy? Sure You mean just like that? Sure, why not? You know, I think I've been working too hard (laughs) Everything sounds so strange
4: (laughs) It was the holidays, dear They're quite a strain
5: Well, it's something You uh, feel all right, don't you, Bud?
9: I feel fine.
5: Maybe I'll go to bed right after dinner. That ought to fix me up.
9: <laughs> but, dear, I told you Judge
4: Mitchell said he was going to call. He's been trying to get you all day.
5: I know. Probably wants me to serve on that highway safety committee. You know, Margaret, you'd think I was the only man in Springfield that could make a speech. Every time somebody dreams up a committee or a drive or a bond rally, get Jim Anderson. Get Jim Anderson. Speeches here. speeches there. Jim,
4: you love it and you know it.
5: But I don't have the time. I don't think I've ever been so busy in my entire life.
8: Anything we can do, Father?
5: No, Betty, I'm afraid not. You know what I've got to do now, Margaret? I've got to revise the schedule on every automobile policy in the office. The rates went up again today.
9: No, Jim, really? How come, Dad?
5: Reckless drivers, that's how come. Oh. 7,100 kids between the ages of 15 and 24 killed in one year. And it's getting worse all the time. Bud... Yes, Dad Did you take the ashes out this afternoon? Yes, sir, I sure did Uh, you don't have a report card you want me to sign, do you?
9: Oh, no, Dad We won't have those until the end of the month I see How is your allowance holding up? Fine, Dad, just great
5: I don't get it May I have my coffee, please? Of
9: course, dear There you are You don't get what, Dad?
5: This sudden burst of sweetness and light What are you up to?
9: Why nothing, Dad? Nothing at all. He's probably in love. Oh, mush, girls! All they can think about is love. I'll get it. No, Betty. Wait, uh, Margaret.
5: Would you answer it, please?
4: Well, of course, dear. If that's what you want.
5: And if it's Judge Mitchell, tell him I'm out. I um, had a business engagement and won't be back until late.
4: All right. I just hope you know what you're doing. Hello. Oh, hello, Judge Mitchell. No, I'm awfully sorry, but Jim had to go out. Yes, a a business call.
3: Daddy.
5: Kathy, be quiet, please.
3: Uh,
4: That'll be fine, Judge Mitchell. I'll be sure to tell him as soon as he comes in.
3: Good night. Daddy.
5: What is it, Kathy?
3: You told a fib.
5: I did no such thing.
4: Jim, Judge Mitchell said he'd try you again later.
5: Fine. Fine. Give him a horse and he'd make a Canadian Mountie look sick
3: You said you were out and you weren't out And if that isn't a fib, what is? I, uh,
5: I think I'll have another piece of cake, Margaret
3: All right, dear Daddy
5: Yes, Kathy
3: You said you were out and you weren't out And if that isn't a fib, what is?
5: Kathy, I heard you the first time Well <laughs> Margaret.
4: Oh, no, don't get me involved in this I have enough troubles of my own
5: Love, honor, and obey For better or for worse Fine stuff Um, uh, Kathy
3: Yes, Daddy?
5: As you grow older, you'll learn to distinguish Between telling an untruth And, uh, telling something that isn't true <laughs> I mean, if you tell an untruth Because you're afraid to tell the truth It's worse than if you... Don't tell the truth merely because you feel that if you do tell the truth... You see, Kathy, (laughs) there are times when if you tell an untruth, it isn't really an untruth, because you mean to tell the truth, but, well, you want to
9: be kind, that's all.
4: (laughs) Betty, please.
9: You ought to be ashamed of yourself, Betty. Betty. Go ahead, Dad. I think it's very interesting. What is? What you just said.
5: You mean you understood it? Of course. Well, I'm glad somebody did. How about you, Kathy?
3: I guess so. It's a fib when you're little, but when you grow up, it isn't. (laughs)
5: No, Kathy, that isn't it at all. It's, well, all right, I told a
9: fib. I shouldn't have, but I did.
3: That's what I thought.
9: (laughs) Kathy, can't you see Dad's tired? Why don't you leave him alone? Bud, stick out your tongue. What for? Never mind what for, just stick your tongue out. Uh...
5: Look all right to you, Margaret?
4: Just beautiful, dear. One of the loveliest tongues I've ever seen.
9: (laughs) (laughs) All right, bud. Put it back in. (laughs) Holy cow. Now I can't even have any privacy with my own tongue. (laughs) Finish your milk, dear. Well, how old do you have to be before people stop looking at your tongue anyway? When you
5: get that old, you start looking at it yourself. (laughs) (laughs) All right, bud. Please see who's at the door. Okay.
9: Why don't you look at Betty's tongue once in a while? She's goofier than anybody. Why, Bud
8: Anderson, you little snip.
5: Betty, that'll be enough of that.
9: But, Father... I said
5: that'll be enough of that. Now, either finish your dinner or go to your room.
8: Oh, I'll be glad to.
5: After you finish the dishes.
8: Oh. May I have the sugar, please? There you are, dear. Tell me I'm goofy.
4: (laughs) Say, Dad,
9: it's the minister. Dr. Swain, well, have him come in. Oh, he said he'll wait for you in the living room.
4: Oh, dear, is my hair all right? Uh, Do you think I ought to change my dress?
5: You and Dr. Swain going out dancing?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Jim, stop being ridiculous. Uh, Bud, will you help the girls with the dishes tonight, please?
9: Sure, Mom. I'll be glad to.
4: Thank you, dear. Well, shall we go in, Jim?
9: Hmm? Oh, sure. Say, Margaret.
4: Yes, dear?
5: What do you suppose is wrong with Bud?
4: Jim, you have a very suspicious nature.
5: No, I just have a very normal son. <laughs> well, how are you, Dr. Swain?
2: Mr. Anderson and Mrs. Anderson.
4: Oh, it's so nice seeing you, Dr. Swain.
2: Well, I hope you'll think so after you learn why I'm here. Oh? Uh, sit down, Doctor, please. Mrs. Anderson? Oh, thank you. Oh, there
5: we are. <clears throat> that is better, isn't it? Uh, Dr. Swain, this visit wouldn't have anything
2: to do with Bud, would it? Your son? Oh, dear, no. Is anything wrong? No, I was just wondering, that's all. I see. No, no, my visit is based, shall we say, uh, on a far more general community requirement, a need which applies to our entire congregation rather than any individual. Uh, Dr.
5: Swain, you know, we've just gone through a pretty severe case of Christmas, and... uh, Jim,
2: please. Well, I
5: just want Dr. Swain to know... Mr.
2: Anderson, I'm not looking for donations. Well. (laughs) At this time. Oh. (laughs) No, no, what I'm looking for right now is advice. Oh. Well. Uh, You see, at a meeting the other night, the question of family relations was brought up for discussion. Obligations of parents and children to one another. Uh, That sort of thing, you know. I see. Unfortunately, the majority of those present had rather vague ideas concerning the matter under discussion. And since Mrs. Swain and I have never been blessed with a family, I could add but little light on the subject, of a practical nature, that is. Uh, That is why I've come to you. Well, of course, Dr. Swain. Uh, Anything we can do to help. Ah, I knew I could count on the Anderson. As I told the others, the Anderson children are so thoroughly normal and so nicely behaved Uh, for the most part. I'm sure anything their parents tell us will be of the utmost interest and assistance.
5: Oh, you mean you want a speech?
2: Well, Well, not a speech, really. Just an informative little talk at our meeting tomorrow night. Oh, well, look, Dr. Swain, you know I'd like to help, but... I'm actually up to my ears at work. Well, I'm sure you must be,
5: Mr. Anderson, but you see that... It's not that I don't want to cooperate, Dr. Swain. You know I always have in the
2: past. Of course you have, but you see but that... But after
5: it... all, this is just a simple problem. I'm sure that any other father in the congregation will be only too glad to help you. But,
2: Mr. Anderson, we don't want a
5: father. After all, family relations are merely a practical application of...
2: You what? We don't want a Father. We feel that the crystal clear viewpoint of a mother is what this particular problem requires. A mother? You mean precisely. We want Mrs. Anderson. Oh. <laughs>
10: We'll go along with Dr. Swain on that. Why, any number of problems call for Mother's crystal-clear viewpoint. Take coffee as another example. Who knows better than Mother the wonderful difference a really good cup of coffee can make? Coffee like our Maxwell House. Mmm, that wonderful, good-to-the-last-drop flavor. You won't find it, you know, in any other coffee. No coffee but Maxwell House. And there's a particular reason why. It's a recipe, the only recipe under the sun for good to the last drop flavor. It's mighty important, that recipe, and here's why. After all, the most important thing about coffee is flavor, and that flavor depends on the blend, the kind of coffees in it, and how they're put together. Now, throughout the world, coffee grows in countless different varieties, and you can combine them in all sorts of ways, but there's only one way, one recipe for our famous Maxwell House flavor. And this recipe of ours accounts for the difference, the big difference between the flavor of just any coffee and the wonderfully good flavor of America's favorite brand. But I want you to know how truly good our Maxwell House is on your own. So tomorrow, open up a pound and enjoy Maxwell House, the coffee that's always good to the last drop.
0: It's less than an hour later in the white frame house on Maple Street. Dr. Swain is gone. The Anderson kids are deep in their homework. Father is deep in his newspaper. Mother is up to her neck in preparation for a speech. And when it comes to speeches, Margaret is a wonderful cook. Pretty,
5: too. Jim? Yes, Margaret?
4: What would you say was the most important link between a father and a son?
5: Money. (laughs) Money. (laughs)
4: Jim, I'm very serious
5: So am I May I please read my paper?
4: If I could only find a central theme Not juvenile delinquency Everybody's done that Jim
5: Yes, Margaret
4: Did the automobile insurance rates really go up today? That's right Did the home office say why?
5: Of course they did The number of accidents involving youngsters under the age of Oh, no, you don't (laughs) You write your own speech.
4: You're mean. There isn't one other husband in Springfield who wouldn't be glad to help his wife.
5: Margaret, you're absolutely right. I'm nothing but a beast.
4: You mean you're going to help me?
5: No, but I acknowledge the fact that I'm a beast. (laughs) Now may I read my paper?
4: Jim, if you wanted to make the speech, why didn't you say so?
5: If I wanted... Margaret, where did you ever get a ridiculous idea like that?
4: Well, you're sulking like a spoiled child.
5: I'm trying to read my newspaper.
4: It amounts to the same thing.
5: Margaret, I told Dr. Swain I didn't want to make the speech. You heard me tell him.
4: Rubbish. You just wanted him to coax you. Oh, for Pete's sake. Margaret, why is... It certainly isn't my fault that he wanted a mother's viewpoint. Jim, where are you going?
5: I'm going to indulge in one of my pleasant little whimsies. The doorbell rings. i like to see if maybe somebody rang it. Hello, Jim. Oh, uh, hello, Judge Mitchell. Uh, come in. Thank you. Well, it's certainly nice seeing you. I'm sorry I wasn't in when you called. Uh, let me take your thing. All right. Hello, Mrs. Anderson. How are you this evening? Why,
4: well, Judge Mitchell, what a pleasant surprise. Won't you come in and sit down? Yes, thank you.
5: Jim, uh, what I have to say won't take very long. There's no need to rush, Judge. You know, I was just saying to Margaret just a little while ago The fathers of this community ought to take a more active interest in public affairs Wasn't I, Margaret?
4: Weren't you what, dear?
5: Wasn't I saying what I just said?
4: (laughs) Oh, of course, yes
5: Naturally, being in the insurance business, I have to make a great many calls during the uh, evening But in spite of that... Jim, I'm sure you're leading up to something very interesting But I'm a busy man and I haven't got much time Is Bud at home? Why, yes, he's in his room. Would you call him, please? Of course. Uh, Bud?
9: You want me, Dad?
5: Yes, would you please come down here? Okay. (laughs) Bud and the stairs don't get along very well.
9: If there's anything that you want me to do, Dad, I... Uh Uh-oh. Good evening, Bud.
4: Bud, Judge Mitchell is speaking to you.
9: I know. I mean, hello. Uh, good evening, sir.
5: Bud, have you told your parents?
9: No, sir, I I haven't.
5: Oh, there was something. I had a feeling. Well, go ahead, Bud. Let's get on with
9: it. Dad, uh, Mom, I was out for a ride with the fellas this afternoon, and we, uh, we knocked over Judge Mitchell's tree. His tree.
4: Oh, Bud.
5: What
9: were you driving, a tank? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it, it was just a little tree, Dad, and all the fellas are gonna chip in and buy a new one. Gosh, we said we were sorry.
5: I should think you would be. Judge Mitchell, Bud, and his friends will replace your tree. I give you my word. Jim, it's not the tree that bothers me. You mean there's more? Well, my principal concern is the manner in which
9: the tree was destroyed. Tell him, Bud. Well, we were playing chicken. Bud,
5: after all I've said to you.
4: Jim, I'm afraid I don't understand. What is chicken?
5: Oh, it's a game these kids thought up.
9: We didn't think it up, Dan.
5: Well, whoever did ought to have his head examined. If he still has a head, driving a car at full speed with nobody holding the wheel. The first one who gets a little sense into his thick skull and tries to control the car, he's chicken, and he loses.
9: Oh, Bud, how could you? Gosh, Mom, everybody does it. And if all the fellas hadn't gotten chicken at the same time, we'd have been all right. But, well, everybody grabbed for the wheel at once, and, heck, it was only a tree.
5: It was only a tree. Bud, you can kneel down and thank all of your guardian angels that it was only a tree. What if your mother had been standing where that tree was? or Betty, or Kathy. Would you have been able to stop any sooner or steer any
9: better? No, I... I guess not.
5: You guess not? Well, we'll go into this matter in great detail, believe me. Judge Mitchell. Yes, Jim? Bud was wrong, but I want you to know that I feel he isn't solely to blame. Oh, I suppose not, but... Uh... It's, uh, I don't mean the other boys. I have reference to myself. Oh. I'm going to be very honest, Judge Mitchell, very frank. I owe you a very humble apology. You mean for not being home so consistently? I, uh, avoided you all day because I thought you wanted me to serve on your highway, highway safety, safety committee. I thought I was too busy. I'd let someone else take care of it. After all, my son was a competent driver. Why worry about the other fellow's problem? But Judge Mitchell, my son is not a competent driver, and the fault is mine. I taught him the mechanics of driving, how to start and stop a car, and how to steer. But I failed to teach him the responsibility that goes with a car. I put a ton of steel in his hands, a weapon as deadly as any gun. And I failed to impress upon his mind the fact that when he's in a car, he holds the power of life and death in his fingertips. But he's going to be taught, Judge Mitchell. Before he touches a steering wheel again, he's going to know the full meaning of his responsibility. The car is not a toy. It's not an instrument for childish games. And he'll drive sensibly, safely, courteously, or I give you my word, he'll never drive again. Now, um, about the tree... Well, uh, we can just forget the tree, Jim. Let's say that it died for worthy cause. Jim. Yes, Margaret?
4: Do you know what you just did? You just gave my speech.
5: Oh, well, I'm sorry I didn't mean to muscle in on your territory.
4: Oh, Jim, will you please stop being silly? Why don't you go along with me tomorrow and tell the same things to the other parents? I think they learn a great deal.
5: Margaret, you know I don't want to make any speeches.
4: Well, whatever you say, dear.
5: But as long as you insist. I, uh... (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess I might as well.
4: All right, dear. Father knows best.
10: So Father's going to make his speech after all. Well, that's fine, because he does have something important to say. And right now, so do I. These days, when you buy coffee you want the most in flavor for every penny you spend. After all, flavor's what you're paying for. And we don't think you can beat the famous flavor we pack into every pound of Maxwell House. But here's the point. Air can steal coffee flavor. And ordinary containers, like paper bags, can't prevent roasted coffee from losing flavor, whether it's ground or whole bean. That's why we take our Maxwell House, still fresh and fragrant from our roasting ovens, and carefully vacuum pack it in the familiar blue tin. That way no air gets in and none of that wonderful flavor gets out. So the next pound of coffee you buy, be sure you get all the flavor and fragrance you pay for. You will with Maxwell House Coffee. Always good to the last drop. (laughs)
5: Ladies and gentlemen, tonight Father Knows Best is honored by a celebrated and rather unusual guest. An article concerning him and his wonderful work appeared in the November issue of Liberty Magazine and was reprinted in the December issue of Reader's Digest. That takes care of the celebrated part of it. As for the unusual, well, so far as I know, he is the only traffic court judge in the history of the United States ever to have warranted the use of the term popular. It's an honor and a very great privilege to introduce a young man who has made the city of Los Angeles a safer place in which to live, Judge Roger Foft.
1: Thank you. Good evening, Bob.
5: Uh, Your Honor, I, uh, (laughs) doggone, I just can't get used to feeling comfortable with a traffic court judge. I feel like I've just gone through a red light or something. Well, that'll be $25.
7: <laughs>
1: I said, I feel like I've gone through it. Well, in that case, we'll suspend sentence. But don't let it happen again. Oh, thank you, Judge Favre. I uh, believe you know what we on Father Knows Best are trying to accomplish. I do, Bob, and I can't recommend too highly or endorse more heartily the program you are spearheading. The question of accidents involving young drivers and the unfortunate incidence of traffic casualties and fatalities has become a serious problem in every community in the nation. Something has to be done about it, and fast. You see, Bob, if it were a single problem, we could cope with it quite easily. If all the teenage drivers were incompetent or careless, we could insist that they avail themselves of the driver education and training courses being given in many high schools throughout America. A great many boys and girls have taken these courses and are taking them right now. But our problem is with competent drivers, skilled drivers, the youngster who is so confident of his ability that he takes ridiculous chances with his life and yours. Less than a year ago, a lad was brought into my courtroom on a charge so fantastic that it is almost unbelievable. This boy was driving a car in excess of 55 miles an hour without a steering wheel. There's only one... uh... Suitable comment for that. Bud's favorite and all-inclusive, holy cow. This boy was steering with a pair of pliers, and he was so confident of his ability that he couldn't for the life of him understand why we considered him a potential murderer. You see, Bob, that's the way these boys and girls must think of themselves. Whenever they take those wild split-second chances, whenever they play chicken or hubcap tag, or any of their other reckless and ridiculous games. In spite of their skill, which we do not question, in spite of their youth, which gives them reflexes much faster than yours or mine, these drivers are death on wheels. They're accidents going somewhere to happen. Well, Judge Foff, you don't mean that, of course, to apply to all young drivers. Oh, no, Bob, of course not. Most of them, I know, are sensible, intelligent youngsters. But it's hard to tell the innocent from the guilty, and so they all get a bad name. That's why I think the highway safety plan, as you explained it to me, should be welcomed by the young drivers. Why don't you tell them about it? Okay, I'll do it right now. Through the Inter-Industry Highway Safety Committee,
5: which was formed at the request of President Truman, two clubs have been set up, a man-to-man club for fathers and sons and a counterpart on the distaff side for dads and daughters. Voluntary good driver agreements are provided for. These are agreements between parents and children to be signed by both, and they involve pledges on both sides. The father promises to grant permission to his son or daughter to drive the family car at appropriate times. And the youngster, well, he or she has to promise to abide by eight good driving rules. But they're sensible rules, designed not to take the joy out of life, but rather to give you a longer life to enjoy. With each man-to-man, or dad-to-daughter agreement, there is a membership card. And I'd like to see them riding in teenage pockets and hat bands all
1: over the country. You know, Bob, that's quite an idea. Those membership cards will help to separate the black sheep from the innocence of the flock. The youngsters who are careful drivers, intelligent drivers, will no longer have to protest that it's the other fellow who takes chances the other fellow who plays the wild games, the other fellow who gives all drivers a bad name. They can prove, by living up to the terms of these membership cards, that they have a right to the respect of their elders and a right to share the highways with their fellow citizens.
5: Parents and young drivers, why don't you get one of these agreements right away?
1: They're yours for the asking.
5: Just send a note to the Robert Young Good Drivers Club, care of your local NBC station, and we'll shoot the works right back at you. Well, I guess that just about does it. Can you think of anything
1: else, Judge Foff? Yes, just one other thing. You know I have a slightly selfish interest in your whole highway safety movement. How is that? Well, I figure that if you can get all the drivers of this country to operate their vehicles safely, carefully, and with simple, good old-fashioned American courtesy, well, every once in a while, fellows like me will have a chance to go fishing. Good night, Bob. Good night, Judge Bob, and thank you for coming.
3: If you like
8: good things the easy way
6: Good things the easy way
8: Instant Maxwell House, that's for you Good, good coffee that's easy, too
6: No time, no time
10: What? Yes, Instant Maxwell House means great coffee instantly in your cup. Here's real instant coffee. All pure Maxwell House coffee in instant form. Enjoy Instant Maxwell House. Instantly,
7: good to the very last, you know what...
0: Join us again next week when we'll be back with Father Knows Best, starring Robert Young as Jim Anderson, with Roy Bargey and the Maxwell House Orchestra, and yours truly, Bill Foreman. Don't forget, parents and youngsters, for your voluntary pledges and membership cards, just write to the Robert Young Good Drivers Club, care of your local NBC station. Now it's time to say goodnight, so until next Thursday, good luck from the makers of Maxwell House, America's favorite brand of coffee. Always good to the last drop. Father Knows Best was transcribed in Hollywood and written by Ed James. Now stay tuned in for Screen Guild Theater, which follows immediately over most of these stations.
10: Here are Dan Daly and Ann Baxter on Screen Guild Theater, next on NBC.
2: Thanks for joining us for 1001 Radio Days, all variety, all the time. If you enjoy our show, please do send us a review for 1001 Radio Days. Until next time, everyone, stay safe, and we'll be back soon.
0: This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping